this is Jeff Power, Senior Writer for Real-Time Fantasy Sports, and welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's podcast, I am thrilled to be joined by Corey Bonini. He is the Senior Fantasy Editor of USA Today Fantasy Sports and TheHuddle.com. Corey does a great job on all things fantasy, and we're going to talk some fantasy football for the coming season coming up here. But before I get to that, I wanted to tell you a little bit about the All-American Fantasy Football Leagues that we have here at RT Sports. These All-American Leagues are $29.95 per team, and we're running a great offer right now. You can sign up for three leagues, three All-American Leagues, for just $74.95. So that's a pretty big discount from the $29.95 per team usual price for the All-American Fantasy Football Leagues. And at these All-American Leagues, you can choose your online draft time, you can choose your rules as well. We have PPR rules. We also have the Superflex rules, which are very popular as well. There's no transaction fees. You make your lineup moves up to kickoff. And we have all the all the standard features we, get, we have in all our leagues for these All-American Fantasy Football Leagues. The champion also wins $200 and second place wins $50. So this is a great, great opportunity to sign up for another league at rtsports.com. Check us out, rtsports.com backslash power to sign up for an All-American Fantasy Football League today. And now, here's my interview with Corey Bonini of USA Today and TheHuddle.com. And I'm joined now by Corey Bonini. He is the Senior Fantasy Editor of USA Today Fantasy Sports and TheHuddle.com. You can follow Corey on Twitter at Corey underscore Bonini. It's C-O-R-Y underscore Bonini. B-O-N-I-N-I. Corey, thanks a lot for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Hey, great to be here. So, Corey, I know you always have a lot of exciting stuff going over, going on going on at USA Today and TheHuddle.com. Can you tell me a little bit about what you guys are working on right now? Or Well, it'll be an upcoming release here, an update to uh, our Sports Weekly uh, fantasy uh, one-off here uh, in fact, uh, we got some uh, drafting to do tomorrow, and uh, there's a lot of exciting content ahead. And uh, over on the huddle side, it's just full blast draft kit right now. draft kit right now. I mean, everybody's uh, entering that NFL draft season. So if you're uh, one of those owners who has yet to draft, we have uh, plenty of excellent information for you at a low price. And if you've already drafted and want to know how best to manage your team, we have you covered there as well. So you mentioned a, a draft tomorrow. So Odell Beckham just happened. He got injured on Monday. What are your feelings on his injury right now? Are you moving him at all with the possibility that the news came out today that he might miss a game or two? Are you moving him in your rankings at all, or are you staying put? Currently not moving at all. Cautiously watching the situation. Uh, luckily, it looks like it's a low ankle sprain rather than the uh, more perilous high ankle sprain. Beckham's uh, minimum top five for me, um, you know, I, re- I really wouldn't be too afraid just yet. Okay. And the other news that's going on right now, some quarterback news. There's been some starters named Trevor Simeon, Tom Savage, you got named starters. And it's looking like Deshaun Kaiser might be getting the nod in Cleveland because he's going to start that all-important third preseason game. Those guys probably aren't going to be fantasy guys that's going to help fantasy teams at the quarterback spot. But how does – that news impact the guys around them? Well, I think from Simeon's standpoint in Denver, it uh, destabilizes uh, much of what we saw last year. I mean, the numbers were depressed for the receiving core, but they were still adequate. Um, you know, you can probably expect a little better production overall from Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders 
uh, having a you know a full off season to work with him, and now the confidence. I mean, you know, as long as Semyon doesn't have to look over his shoulder, he should be confident and throw the ball downfield a little more. And I think Savage was the right choice. You know, Deshaun Watson has flashed in the preseason so far. He has a bright future, but. You know, for every flash he had, Savage was brilliant from start to finish, and he has looked, you know, every bit the part of an NFL starter uh, to to this point. So that does uh, wonders for, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, we saw his value tank last year with Brock Osweiler, and I don't yep. think gamers can be as uh, concerned going into it this season. And then finally with Deshaun Kaiser, I mean, big arm, athletic, there's some mobility there. Like you said, not a fantasy guy in his own right just yet. But I think this would be the right decision. As long as he plays well in this upcoming preseason game, sticking with him in, into the regular season is the smart move for a young Cleveland offense. So I've done a few of these so far, a few of these podcasts with the experts. I've been asking all of them about maybe some guys that they're targeting on draft day, not the elite guys, but mid-round targets, guys that you're looking to get on a lot of your fantasy teams. Is there, is there anybody like that for you? Oh, sure. You know, in the mid-round, uh, you know, I don't think that – you know, uh, you know, there's there's this level to me when you're saying mid round of those guys. Let's just say average, you know, eighth round range, give or take, plus or minus a couple of rounds here. So Kareem Hunt for uh, the Chiefs is somebody I'm really intrigued with. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Spencer Ware. I think he's an overachiever, and you know, Hunt's versatility could add a little spark to that offense. I like C.J. Procise in PPR leagues. Uh, you know, reasonable chance to be the uh, go-to third down guy in an offense that outside of Doug Baldwin and, and Jimmy Graham, you know, ha- has come around, of course, but since a major knee injury, but he's really the only other guy who is electric in the passing game. And Jamal Williams, the rookie for the Packers, very intrigued there too, especially in traditional scoring, not so high in, you know, the PPR format. That's where you'd see Ty Montgomery being the more dynamic of the two. And, uh, you know, as you're looking down the list, some less inspiring names, perhaps, maybe some more question marks. Uh, Terrence Weston, Baltimore, concerned about that offensive line, but he was effective in limited work last year. And, you know, uh, I think Duke Johnson, to me, is a guy who's not getting enough love in PPR drafts. I mean, he was just really unfortunate last year. He caught 53 passes and didn't score a touchdown. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. And as a product of some bad luck in Cleveland's offense last year was just so bad. I expect that to turn around uh, regardless if he's in the backfield or lined up in the slot. Yeah, I totally agree with Johnson as well. I feel like, uh, look at my rankings. I'm like, wow, man, I have him a, ranked a lot higher than most guys. Am I missing something here? But like you said, he's going to get a lot of targets in that offense. He's clearly the third down back. And they were talking about, like you said, uh, using him out as a slot as well. So, I do think he's a good late-round grab for fantasy teams as well. You know, one one wide receiver I'd like to throw out there with a big asterisk next to his name is John Brown. You know, last year he fell off the map because of a sickle cell trait that uh, prohibited him from putting on weight and, and healing at an appropriate pace after he had suffered hamstring injuries. And, you know, he's dealing with a little bit of a quad strain right now, so there's you know that's where the, that's where the caveat is. Be very careful uh, if he gets hurt or... This lingers, you might lose him for an extended period of time. But if, and there's some risk here for sure, if he's on the field, I mean, you're looking at a number two guy in a very potentially capable passing game uh, where everybody's focused on Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. Uh, Brown could be a sneaky guy, uh, but very risky. So you gave me some great uh, options there for mid to late round targets, kind of along those same lines. How about some undervalued guys right now? Is there anybody you're seeing that, is getting drafted a little later than you thought they would. 
Um, you know, I, I'm a little surprised that Chris Thompson isn't getting more attention in PPR leagues. Uh, ADP is at the end of the 15th round right now for the Washington Redskins. Uh, I think everybody's a little focused on, you know, some of the uh, outside targets there. I, mean, I like I like Jamison Crowder a great deal. Uh, I think he's undervalued as well, but I think Antrell Pryor probably takes some of that spotlight away. But look at the change. I mean, you know, we're talking a massive continuity change in, in losing their top two receivers from last year. Chris Thompson knows the system. He's a familiar face. Uh, uh, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he catches 50 to 60 balls uh, as a check down guy. Um, but other undervalued players, uh, a little surprised Jalen Richard isn't higher on some people's radars. You know, Marshawn Lynch didn't even play last year, had injury problems the year he did play last. Uh, wrong side of 30 in a PPR format, Richard demonstrated last year. I mean, if you go back and watch game tape, that guy jumped off the screen. And I like DeAndre Washington, but not nearly as much in the PPR flavors. So I wanted to ask you about some quarterbacks as well now, moving on to a, another position here. That position seems extremely deep this year, but how about a, some guys maybe outside that top 10 that you think could end up finishing maybe in the top five for fantasy teams? Well, he's probably right on the edge of the top 10 for most owners anyways. I've seen him all over the place, but Derek Carr is an interesting name to me. I mean, right now he's going right around the late sixth round for most people. Uh, I think he has top three quarterback potential. I mean, we have no idea what to expect with Andrew Luck coming off, you know, a shoulder injury and may not even be on the field in week one. There's some, you know, great concerns uh, there, of course. Cam Newton's coming off a major injury, not really sure what to expect there. Russell Wilson was uh, better last year after he regained his health, but now he just lost his uh, starting left tackle and George Fant in the last preseason game. Uh, a lot of question marks there. So if you want to talk about guys that maybe are unheralded that could get up into that mid-range area, Carr's the top of the list. And then the next guy's Philip Rivers. I, mean, I really like, uh, you know, what's going on with Melvin Gordon there in the backfield, but San Diego still has a lot of weapons and some probably unheralded weapons in the passing game. And, you know, and he's also getting Keenan Allen back. I mean, for how long is anyone's guess? But uh, there, there's a lot of weaponry there for Philip Rivers for a guy who's going in the 10th round on average. So we haven't talked about the tight end spot yet. How are you approaching that this year in drafts? Are you going to act early for one, for a guy like Gronk or Jordan Reed, or are you going to wait it out a bit? No, I, I always wait out tight ends. I mean, this, you have to hit uh, – if you're going to go Gronk's route in the second round, as his ADP suggests, you have to have the season from him that is like a few years ago where he's scoring 16, 17 touchdowns. I mean, there's just such a huge – mid-range pool of capable tight ends. I, mean, I I go even later. I'm probably a little unorthodox in this. I like to go the sleeper route, play the matchups. I mean, I'm I'm completely enamored with guys like Tyler Higby, who doesn't even get drafted in most 16-team leagues. Uh, you know, I love the situation there with Sean McVay, who worked wonders with Jordan Reed. Now you have a similar player in Higby, very athletic, former receiver, uh, you know, an inexperienced player quarterback and Jared Goff learning a new system. What do those players tend to do? Favor the tight end position. And having Sammy Watkins join, you know, that only opens up the offense more to give a seam player like Higby, you know, a lot more one-on-one -on -one coverage opportunities. But I can totally get where most owners are never going to want to enter, you know, week one with a guy like that as their starter. It's tough to stomach that. Uh, some other guys late, I think, are undervalued for tight ends would be, you know, C.J. Fedorowicz especially uh, with Tom Savage being a competent quarterback there. And even if they turn to Deshaun Watson at any point, 
that in my mind only inflates the value of Fedorowicz. Uh, so Delaney Walker is a great guy to have. You know, you can get value there. I see a lot of people drafting Martellus Bennett in that mid-range tight end group, thinking with Aaron Rodgers he'll take this huge step forward. Historically, he's been so inconsistent. I mean, his production always comes in three or four games, and, you know, all of the other games you're scratching your head going, where's my tight end? Why do I only have three points out of him? So uh, it's a mixed bag. I personally am avoiding the top flight guys. I'm in the same boat with you there. It just it kind of baffles me to see people. That you basically gamble your whole draft on Rob Gronkowski being healthy if you take him in the second round. And I just have a hard time doing that for a guy that's had three back surgeries. So I'm I'm definitely in the same boat with you there, Corey. So well, Of course, we, especially with so many deep wide receivers in that number two range where he would fall if he were actually at his peak, you know. Exactly. And we talk about bounce-back players a lot and breakouts and sleepers. So I want to go in the opposite direction. Give me a few players that you think are going to regress this year, maybe guys that you're avoiding uh, this draft day. Okay, this is going to be crazy, and people are <laughs> – I already get hate mail over this one. And <laughs> <laughs> David Johnson is a scary number one overall consensus pick to me. He's coming off 373 touches, okay? You have to go back to the 2009 season of Chris Johnson's 408 touches to find the last NFL leader in touches who played 16 games the next season. I'm not saying be a fantasy stud. I'm saying even finish the season, okay? So, and he finished fifth in fantasy points that year. Uh, very risky. Working in his favor, though, is he's a young big, strong guy that might overcome any type of workload concerns. But some something more realistic for fantasy owners to be worried about. Joe Mixon in the fourth round scares the tar out of me. I mean, let's not forget, you know, Giovanni Bernard's eight months removed from ACL surgery and is already back on the field, okay? We're also looking at, you know, for all of the deficiencies of Jeremy Hill, he's still really good at one thing. And uh, so now we're... If this becomes a three-headed attack, that just completely you know, diminishes any upside to taking Joe Mixon in round four. And I think in 2018, when, when you know Jeremy Hill, the free agent, and long gone from Cincinnati, Joe Mixon's the top five running back. But we're not in 2018. So, um, and then Carlos Hyde scares me a little bit there too. Uh, I can't get on board the Keenan Allen train. So many injuries, it just. And big injuries and, you know, fluky, freaky injuries makes you really wonder. I don't understand why people are investing so heavily in Martavis Bryant. He's a one-trick pony to me. A late fourth-round ADP. I mean, there are, especially, uh, you know, if you play in a PPR league, then he slips usually around the fifth round, but that's still assuming a high volume of receptions come his way or he scores double-digit touchdowns. Both of those things are dubious to me. And then tight ends. Tyler Eifert, I, I don't want anything to do with the guy. A ton of weapons there. Injury prone himself. Cincinnati's offensive line is a mess. I, I'd be afraid that they'd have to force him to stay in the block, and he can't block at all. That's very true. So the last thing I wanted to touch on with you, you just talked about David Johnson with a ton of carries. So here's two guys that have had a ton of carries throughout their career, and I wanted to get your thoughts on them. Marshawn Lynch and Adrian Peterson, obviously we know their situations where they didn't really play last year, but Lynch didn't play at all. Peterson as well. So what are your expectations for them? These guys were once big-time fantasy stars. What do you see out of them this year? Well, start with Lynch. And, you know, it's all about expectations to me. Um, I try to avoid him in PPR leagues. I mean, if he catches more than 10 or 12 passes, I'll be pretty impressed. Uh, he's likely to completely come off the field on third downs in favor of Richard and, and or some combination of, of DeAndre Washington. 
Um, the offensive line spectacular, so that's a positive, of course. Uh, goal line work is where you're likely to get the most value out of him. And, you know, there's a, a fair amount of credence to he could be a 12-touchdown guy on the ground, but he may not even be a 1,000-yard guy on the ground. So it, it's kind of like what happened with Latavius Murray last year. I mean, roughly 700 yards and then, what, 10 touchdowns? So running back two, I guess. In non-PPR, he's a running back two. I would really keep my expectations tempered. But then quickly with Adrian Peterson, uh, Alvin Kamara has looked so good in the preseason, so explosive. And knowing Sean Payton and what he's done with players like that in the past, I'm afraid that Kamara is going to, you know, cut in a lot, you know, because it probably would affect Mark Ingram more. But Mark Ingram is still a well-paid veteran who's, you know, a Sean Payton guy for the moment anyway, right? So Peterson's value becomes, what, a goal line guy, a short yardage guy? He becomes a between-the-20s guy. He's not a good blocker. He's not a very good receiver at backfield. So a couple of big games sprinkled throughout the season, he might be very frustrating to play. Uh, End-of-the-year numbers, I'm thinking he's somewhere on low-end RB2 flex play for, you know, standard scoring. Corey, great stuff. Really appreciate you coming on. You covered a ton of topics, gave our listeners a lot of information for the coming season. Again, Corey Benini, he is the senior fantasy editor of USA Today Fantasy Sports and the Huddle.com. You can follow him at Corey underscore Bonini, B-O-N-I-N-I. Corey, thanks a lot for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And that was my interview with Corey Bonini, of USA Today, Fantasy Sports, and TheHuddle.com. I want to thank Corey for doing a great job on the podcast and providing some top-notch fantasy insight for the coming season. But before I let you go, I wanted to tell you about one more league we are offering here at Real-Time Fantasy Sports, our Draftmasters Leagues. These are very popular. This is the best ball fantasy format, our Draftmaster Leagues. You can sign up for them at rtsports.com backslash power, P-A-U-R. And these Draftmaster Leagues are best ball. We offer PPR rules or Superflex rules. It's draft only, no free agent moves. We have different price points to sign up for from $19.95 per league to $99.95 per league. And these leagues have top payouts. You can see them all at the site. Just go to rtsports.com backslash power, P-A-U-R. Sign up for one more league today at Real Time Fantasy Sports. This has been Jeff Power for your Real Time Fantasy Sports podcast. Have a great day.